This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The White House said that Joe Biden will speak with Xi Jinping, his Chinese counterpart, on Thursday to discuss Taiwan, the war in Ukraine and economic competition between the two countries. China has recently warned that it would take strong and resolute measures should Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, visit Taiwan. Her staff had suggested she might stop there during a trip to Asia in early August. Ukraine attacked the Russian-occupied city of Kherson in southern Ukraine as part of a renewed offensive to retake the city, which fell to Russia in March. Using American-supplied rockets, known as HIMARS, Ukraine heavily shelled a bridge used by Russians as a key supply route. In response, Russian authorities said the bridge had been closed to civilians but remained standing. Voters in Tunisia affirmed a new constitution for their country that would roll back many of the reforms that once made it look like the Arab Spring's sole survivor. Some 95% of voters opted for the new constitution, but less than one-third of eligible voters turned out. The opposition, which boycotted the poll, said the results were not credible. Kais Saeed, the president, had pressed for the referendum to transform the young democracy into another strongman system. Credit Suisse reported a 1.6 billion Swiss francs quarterly loss. That's equivalent to $1.7 billion, worse than analysts had predicted, and confirmed the appointment of its third chief executive in three years. The Swiss bank hopes that Ulrich Kerner will finally turn around its fortunes, following years of scandal and poor results. Mr Kerner will undertake a comprehensive strategic review, as indeed did his predecessor last year. Japan's armed forces will participate for the first time in joint military exercises with America, Australia and Indonesia. The plan was announced during talks between Kishida Fumio, Japan's Prime Minister, and Joko Widodo, the president of Indonesia, where the drills will take place next month. America and its allies are stepping up attempts to counter growing Chinese influence in the Indo-Pacific region. Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, made his first trip to Europe since the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. Mr bin Salman met with Greece's prime minister, Kyriakos Mitsotakis, on Tuesday and will travel to France to meet Emmanuel Macron, France's president, later this week. The trip represents an easing of Saudi Arabia's isolation from the West. Microsoft and Alphabet, Google's parent company, reported disappointing second-quarter sales figures. They posted 12% and 13% growth year-on-year respectively, their slowest rates in two years. The tech giant's lacklustre showing echoes weak results from Twitter and Snap last week. Meanwhile, income for General Motors, the American carmaker, fell 40% year-on-year to $1.7 billion due to supply chain woes. The firm blamed lockdowns in China and a shortage of semiconductors, but offered a cheerier outlook for the rest of the year. And fact of the day. 60%. The share of Australians that say China is more of a security threat to Australia than an economic partner. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 
The Fed Tightens Again The Federal Reserve is all but certain to announce yet another hefty interest rate increase on Wednesday as it fights to rein in inflation in America. Markets have priced in a 0.75-point rise for the second straight month, which would mark America's sharpest monetary tightening since the early 1980s. And this will not be the Fed's last move. Most investors expect it to lift short-term rates by another full percentage point before the end of the year. That would take interest rates to more than 3%, up from, in effect, 0% at the start of March. The Fed's belated haste to raise rates may be working. Inflation expectations, measured by consumer surveys and bond pricing, have softened slightly. But higher rates are also starting to hit the economy. Construction of new houses has slowed sharply, while applications for unemployment insurance have inched up. Taming inflation without undermining growth is a tall order. Gun Manufacturers Under Fire This year in America, there have been more than 300 mass shootings. In 2020, young Americans were more likely to die from guns than any other cause. Now, the firearms industry is coming under scrutiny. On Wednesday, a congressional committee will examine its role in America's gun violence. The heads of three gun manufacturers will testify— including the boss of Daniel Defense, the firm that made the rifle used by the gunman who killed 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas, in May. On July 15th, Every Town for Gun Safety, a gun control lobby group, filed a complaint with regulators that accused Daniel Defense of violating the law by marketing its products to at-risk teens and young men. Carolyn Maloney, the committee's chair, has pledged to hold gunmakers accountable for the carnage they enable and profit from. She can point to moving testimony from another hearing when Mia Cerillo, an 11-year-old survivor of the Uvalde shootings, described how she covered herself in the blood of a slain classmate and played dead to save herself. Macron in Africa Emmanuel Macron's three-country African tour this week marks his first trip outside Europe since his re-election as France's president in April. Having visited Cameroon, on Wednesday, Mr. Macron travels to Benin and then to Guinea-Bissau. The trip is designed to reinforce the renewal of French ties to Africa and to discuss food security and counterterrorism in the region. The latter is particularly pressing. Given the spillover of jihadist violence from the Sahel to countries in the Gulf of Guinea. By late summer, France will have ended its formerly 2,400 strong counter terrorism operations and closed all its military bases in Mali. Relations with the country's military junta have soured amid anti French protests. But French troops will remain in the broader Sahel region. Mr. Macron hopes to continue to support counterterrorism operations with other countries, but in ways that are less visible, leaving France less exposed to anti-colonial criticism. The Sputtering Recovery of India's Car Sector 
On Wednesday, Maruti Suzuki and Tata Motors, India's two biggest automobile companies, announce earnings for the quarter ending in June. Their performance will reveal much about the country's broader economic performance. According to an industry body, the car sector accounts for roughly 7% of India's GDP and nearly half of its manufacturing output. Directly and indirectly, it employs around 37 million people, roughly the population of Poland, and car sales are a strong indicator of consumer demand. Profits at Maruti Suzuki, the market leader in passenger vehicles, are expected to soar, but only when compared with last year's COVID-induced slump. Tata Motors, meanwhile, is expected to post a loss because of rising costs and an industry-wide semiconductor shortage. Overall, though, car sales in India have grown beyond pre-pandemic levels thanks, in part, to a boom in high-end SUVs. But the sales of motorbikes and other two-wheelers, the vehicle of choice for poorer Indians, have yet to bounce back. That suggests a lopsided recovery. California is burning, again. The mercifully slow start to California's wildfire season was shattered on Friday when the so-called Oak Fire set Mariposa County near Yosemite National Park ablaze. By Tuesday morning, the conflagration spanned over 18,000 acres, about 7,300 hectares, and was 26% contained. It is much smaller than the Dixie Fire, which scorched nearly 1 million acres last year, but is nonetheless California's largest fire this year. California's wildfires matter beyond the areas they blacken. Flames threaten ancient sequoia trees, which are among the world's most effective at carbon sequestration. America's National Park Service estimates that wildfires have killed 13 to 19 percent of the world's large sequoias in the past two years. President Joe Biden's Build Back Better bill, which was dealt a fatal blow last week, has devoted $27 billion to the restoration of forests. Sequoias may be soldiers in the war against climate change, but with legislation stalled in Congress, they are left to fight without reinforcements. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, Tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. In what location did Eva Braun get married in April 1945? Tuesday. Who was nominated as Best Supporting Actress for her role in the film Goodwill Hunting? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Bob Hope, who died on this day in 2003. I have seen what a laugh can do. It can transform almost unbearable tears into something bearable, even hopeful. 
That's The World in Brief from The Economist. Available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.